Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about gravitating toward particular forms of expression. And with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello. Once again, a listener question, and she wondered, why is it some people... uh, gravitate towards representational work, others prefer abstraction, some people are sculptors, some people are painters, and I have to say it's a question that's kind of intrigued me. I've often wondered about it. It Somehow we arrive at where we should be, um, and some of us have struggled with that because you may have trouble arriving at where you really fit. And it's, it's not a question that has any straightforward answers. I think this is all sort of speculation and conversation about it. But when I thought about it, I thought maybe the basic question really is, um, where do you, what source of ideas or what, what intentions of your own have the strongest connection? And in that way, this is really tied into the whole topic of personal voice and personal direction that we've talked about before. Um, and and kind of sorting through what what appeals to you and and how deeply does it appeal to you? We can we can get quite pulled away or distracted by things that that we like and we admire, and we think mm, I'd like to do that. And um, it it's not necessarily what actually fits with with who you are. So that's why it's a bit ambiguous and vague because. Uh, it's going to be different for everyone. And and the reason I have thought about this in the past especially was like when you guys were, you know, young and you were playing in band or whatever, and there's this idea of which instrument are you going to play, right? So Yeah, to, and there's this idea that kids are kind of moldable and you right. can just kind of plug them into whatever <laughs> what, whatever, spot the, they, whatever the band needs. Exactly. Oh, we, need, we need percussion. So, Ross, will you play percussion? Yeah. Well, they give you that hearing test, and they're like, you know, oh, you're you're good. You have a good ear for this, or uh-huh. you're you have a a good understanding of rhythm, or yeah. you know, and it just ends up being like, wh- wherever wherever your skill says you need to go, you need to go. And and that's actually a, a new innovation from when I was in school because we we more or less got told here you're the flute player, you know, yeah, without really knowing whether I would be any good at the flute or whether I would have been better suited for something else. And and then you know a, a lot of musicians over time learn many instruments and they, they become very um, fluent in a lot of ways. And if they're serious musicians, very few serious musicians only play one instrument, I would venture to say. So there's a point of entry that is that you can expand from. And I think that that has a relationship to the visual arts as well. Um, many artists gravitate towards towards one particular thing, and they can be very specific about it. Um, I mean, my own work, abstract painting with cold wax medium. I don't really do sculpture. I do I actually do some other things. I do printmaking, and I paint with other media. But mainly, I have a main thing, and then I have a few other things. Some artists are really more... Um, they they they're more spread out over different media, but come but they have a central voice, so they have a central source of their idea. So 
that's a perfectly valid way to be. Well, and I and I don't want to completely discount the band director approach of I'm going to give you a hearing test and figure out. No, what that's you, actually good. But yeah, because the, the thing is, is like you could have all the drive in the world. And if you don't have the uh, the the kind of just the natural ability or the natural uh, skill, then you're not going to be successful at that. It needs to be right. a combination of both things. You have to have the uh, you have to be working in an area that is where you both have talent and ability and where you have drive Mm -hmm. and where there is a market for it, where there's demand from other people, at Mm -hmm. least if you want to do it as a career. Right. Um, And, and that's something that has had a great effect on my own career. Um, You know, I, when I started out in art, I was doing basically like 3d art, sculpture, pottery, working in clay. Um, And uh, now I'm working mostly in audio. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a combination of where I have skill and ability and where there is market demand for what I do um, and where I have drive and ambition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think artists, like I said, some people are, are quite narrow in their focus. Some people take the things that you're saying into consideration and it's part of a developing idea uh, sometimes an artist is very interested in something that does not have market value, and that's also perfectly valid. It's perfectly valid, but if it doesn't have market value, you're not going to do that as a career. No, that's, you know, that's... Yeah. And that's a personal decision. Yeah. You know, obviously, there it's absolutely fine to work in an area where you don't intend to make money. Right. Um, but then you have to have something else that you're doing with your life as well. Yeah, and and, and I think... Beyond the financial considerations, saying it has value to other people is is important. I and mean, people want to know what you're doing and, and they're interested in what you're doing. That is part of the art conversation. Yeah, so. I, I feel that that, yeah. that is a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's better to have a conversation through your art with other people than to just explore something within yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, not to say that either one doesn't have its place, but... Um, you know, I, th- I think, uh, I think that that's kind of part of creating art is your interaction with other people. Right. So when you're thinking about is, is my approach, my medium and all that, is this right for me? One of the clues is kind of, are you getting people interested? Are people interested? Because if you're engaging other people, more than likely there's something that engages you about this and that that does communicate. It may not be your your ultimate form of expression, but it's certainly a good start. And I think it's one thing to realize that over time that can change a lot. People can start out in a particular area, uh, make some development, have some good interaction, some good success, and shift to something else later on. Yeah, and and I think that uh, I I think it's important to point out that these things are not exclusionary. That no. w- what is what is specific and individual tends to be universal. Um, you know, when we mm-hmm. what we experience within ourselves um, tends to be something that other people experience as well. And even if the number of people who really connect to what you're doing is small. I, there's not not that's not necessarily a bad thing either because right. you're working in a specific niche and and that's. Uh, that can be a big advantage. Yes, I think I think what you're what you're looking for in your own work is what comes through for yourself that really connects with your own self and with other people. And this 
oftentimes we realize when we think about this that it goes back a long way. And this may be something, the source of your basic creative drive for many people goes back to childhood. And there are memories of making things or um, messing around with art materials or being fascinated by a particular type of situation, light or color. And this can go back to infancy almost. And it's just another thing about this that fascinates me is how that can take root so early and and grow in so many different ways over a person's lifetime and unite their work, whether whatever medium or style they're working in. And I find that just so satisfying somehow that it's an expression of of your true self and your growth as a person. And if it's done sincerely, yes, it connects with other people. So I think I think this idea of why do people gravitate to certain things, I think it does have to do with how connected you are to to your own um, memories and impulses and intentions and all those things. Um, and I I thought about if you were if you're confused, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'm I'm doing a particular way of painting or I'm involved in a particular art form and somehow it doesn't I, I'm good at it, I'm okay, it's going all right, but I don't know if it's quite right. And I I encounter this often in workshops where people uh have been working in a in a representational manner, realistic manner. And they come to a workshop and say, you know, I've just always wanted to explore abstraction. It's pu- it's pulled me, it's called to me for years, and I've just never done it. And so they're looking for some guidance in that way. So it can go either way. Somebody could be working abstractly for years and decide it's time to explore representation because that's pulling them. And it's, it's kind of being tuned into that. So I I thought about the kind of things that you might ask yourself if you're in that situation, or maybe it's sort of a an inventory or test to see if where you're what you're doing right now does does suit you. So um, I think I'll I'll go through a few of those. Perfect. All right. So um, um, I I like to divide things when I talk into form and content, and and people who listen to the podcast have heard me do this before. But it's such a useful way to talk about art. So so form being the objective things that you can describe about a work of art. You know, what's the scale? What's it made out of? What's the style? What color is it? You know, and content is the the source, the meaning, the interpretation behind it. So it's kind of subject, uh, objective and subjective. So starting with the form um, and thinking about what pulls you in terms of form. And, and sometimes people will say very definitely something like, it's all about color. I just am so interested in color or shape or whatever it is. And that's a really good starting point because let's say that your main interest is color and you're working in a very representational style. And I could see that in that case, you might be pulled to abstraction because abstraction typically focuses on just a few of the visual elements where you could really you know, just kind of break loose and say, this is about color. Whereas if you're trying to present, you know, represent something and render it realistically, you know, you have a certain freedom, but it's not, it's more It becomes much more about picking the subject matter that actually expresses what you're looking for. So 
if you sense that you're very pulled to particular visual elements, that's a good thing to to take note of. And and I think it it's something that you may not be particularly aware of. You're sort of following the rules and you're doing this or that, but you know, think about hmm, maybe it's line, maybe it's you know, shape. And and people that are very interested in shape or form and are doing 2D work might really think about 3D work. You know, maybe they've never gone there, but... Yeah, that was one thing that I had talked about uh, in an earlier episode is is the uh, the fascination with, with line and how that related to some of the wire sculpture that I was yeah. doing at one point. Yeah, so you took, you took line into three dimensions. Um, were you also interested in drawing or not so much? Yeah, I was, I, um, yeah, I was doing a lot of drawing at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that that's something that a lot of people go through because it's such a, um, an easily approachable kind of introductory medium uh, is drawing. And then a lot of people will move on from drawing to something else. Mm-hmm. So I was talking with a friend of mine and he... He says that, um, you know, somebody who he was working with in the past as kind of a mentor told him that the medium chooses you. Ah. And at the time, he had been working almost exclusively in drawing. Um, And uh, he started kind of playing around with Photoshop um, and started exploring more what he could do with Photoshop. And with, with that eye as somebody who was... Um, always, always trying to recreate on paper what he saw in his mind. Um, you know, he he was able to to create these effects um, more effectively in Photoshop than with a ah. pencil and paper. Yes. Um, and so, because you know what he w- had in his mind as his vision of what he wanted his work to be wasn't really achievable with the materials that he was using. Um, he gravitated more toward kind of graphic design and stuff. And, uh, and now he actually, um, he does some of that stuff in his normal job that he has. Um, That's a, that's a great example. I mean, you, you feel like something, you're trying something and it's just not quite working. And is there a shift in, in approach or medium or, uh, materials that might get you there? And that's actually, you know, my own story with cold wax medium was I was I was painting in oils, but without any particular medium involved, and and working abstractly, and really interested in texture, and and layering, and it just you know I kept I kept working at it, and when I when I found uh, when I first used cold wax medium and started working with it, I found it was just it opened up a new world because I could layer. Uh, with the thickness that the cold wax medium brought to the paint and textures were sort of forming under my, <laughs> under my tools by themselves. I wasn't having to render and sketch everything out. Yeah. It becomes almost effortless when you're using the right materials for the it. right, for yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And that, and that is a sign of that alignment of form and content. The, the thing you are doing is creating the thing that you see in your mind or you feel or you want to express. So, And that was something that I always found when working with clay. And, um, you know, it's one of the things I really liked about working with clay um, is that the more effort you put into something, the worse it looks, actually. <laughs> it's all about that kind of the, the spontaneous uh. kind of effortless production of the form. And it's like the more you work into it the the more it looks kind of worked mm-hmm. you know and the less the less it ha- looks like something that flowed out of you creatively right that that fine lovely line where it's just 
you're it's just like you're a conduit for something yeah and that's what i found when working with wire as well is mm-hmm. that you know uh th- that was when i was in school uh, you know they would give us a bunch of different projects you know oh you gotta build something with plaster and with wire and blah 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 and it's like that there were materials that that I just could not make this thing work, you right, know, right. and and it just it was awful, and I hated it, <laughs> and you know the teacher tore me to shreds over over <laughs> this you know thing that I presented like that obviously I didn't even like you know, right. but it's like an assigned task. But then I would have materials put in front of me that just worked, you yeah, know, and yeah. everything just kind of. You know, I was able to manipulate it in, in exactly the way I needed to in order to get the effect that I wanted. Yeah, and unfortunately, as you know, as as people out of school, we have that choice, and um, it it is sometimes you buy a lot of art supplies before you find the right thing, <laughs> and it's it's hard even to advise someone because these things are very. Um, they're very individualized. Yeah. And, well, and and I, you know, the. This is one of the challenges that people face is like finding the right the right medium. And, you know, like I say, and very, very often in these episodes, work with what you have, you know, start yeah. start with what you have available to you. And, um, you know, if, if you're working with something and it just works, then keep on doing that. And you can, you know, play with other things as you go, but go toward what actually works. And if you're you can buy all the most expensive art supplies and you might not actually be able to create anything with them. Yeah, you might do better with crayons and cardboard or, or something. wire which is almost free <laughs> you know um another thing to think about is the process in terms of how is it characterized so some people really like to work from an idea and they like to set set out in their heads or maybe with a sketch ahead of time what this what they're going to do and this is what is satisfying and important to them to be able to create something pretty specific that's in their mind. Other people don't work that way at all. And they... Yeah, more process-oriented. Process-oriented, yeah. And and the thing will evolve as it evolves. And so it's kind of a journey as you go. And, you know, I'm definitely in, in the latter camp. But none of this, what I... None of the things I'm mentioning here are value judgments. People are very different in these ways, and if you if you feel very strongly that you want a particular outcome, then certain materials and processes are not for you. <laughs> and I have run into this again as a workshop instructor with people just just frustrated as can be because what I'm teaching is a process oriented approach, and they really really want and need to know what's going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, some people need to do ten thumbnail st- sketches before yeah, they even get and, started. And it's absolutely valid. It, it's a matter of cho- choosing process that works and and a, and a way of of approaching things. Um, another thing I think is interesting is whether. How important is it for you to be specific in your work? How important is detail? How important is illusion? You know, do you want an illusion of space? Do you want perspective in your work? Do you want a feeling of a 3D object rendered in 2D so it looks 3D, for example? And these are things, you know, again, they're pretty deeply rooted. And if you feel strongly that you want fairly illusionistic things in your work that look like things, then the idea of abstraction may appeal to you, but perhaps it's not you, you know, and it's, it's definitely great to explore, explore it and find out. But sometimes you're fighting basic nature. 
Yeah, you, you have to choose the the method of working that will actually produce the results that you want. And, you know, for me, it was like if I wanted to do something that really created depth, I'm going to use three dimensions. It makes perfect sense. You know, and you can work in three dimensions abstractly, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. but translating that into a, a two-dimensional space may not really work as well as you're hoping. Yeah, and that that's that's a great example. I mean, and, and for myself, I have... I have had very little interest in working in 3D. And and one of the things that kind of fascinates me about this whole topic is what separates the people that automatically go to three-dimensional work and automatically go to two-dimensional work? And there's really no question. Now, there, as I said earlier, there are definitely artists across that line all the time and do work in both ways. Lots of sculptors are good, draw, good at drawing. It's part of their process. Um, lots of people work um, perhaps... And one idea in a flat space on a painting, and then they'll bring that idea to life in a three-dimensional work. So, you know, there definitely uh, can be both things, but lots of people are one or the other. And and I've thought to myself, you know, I would like to try sculpture sometime and see what happens, because I've never really done it. Well, yeah, I, I, and I think that maybe we need to do like a whole episode on 2D versus 3D. Yeah. This might be one of those episodes that we promise to people and then we forget and then a <laughs> listener requests that we finally follow through on it and we do one. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I think that that's like a whole discussion is, is 2D very versus interesting. 3D. Yeah. Um, so so thinking about what you're what you're pulled towards and and maybe if you're pulled to both do both because that's perfectly fine too. Or collaborate with somebody. Yeah. Who yeah, that'd be has experience in one or the other. Yeah. And then there's all this stuff, you know, like video and and things that are more experimental and Well, yeah, digital media to me is kind of like the new frontier. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where things are are moving to whether you do kind of traditional artwork or not like you have to have a digital media presence mm-hmm. you know yeah and, and installation work and and i mean some people combine many things into an installation so there might be 3d 2d video all happening in one room and but tied together though with with a particular idea so um this is what i'm talking about here is not a problem that does crop up with with people early on where they're very scattered, you know, and they're just doing this thing and that thing and nothing's really taking. The type of artists that I'm talking about there would be quite developed and have a real core that they're working from and that, and then exploring and, and sending out lots of different um, threads in many directions. So, um, and, and, and one last thing I want to say about form is some people, some artists over time have, lots of them have, Wanted, they've been mainly interested in some aspect of form, but they want to hang it on a particular object. And one that comes to mind is Mirandi, who did many, many paintings of bottles and cans and things in his studio. It was always the same subject, but each one was an exploration of form in terms of color and value and placement. So, um, you know, think about, well, maybe that's a thing. Maybe it's a, Maybe the figure is something that you want to explore in a lot of different ways. So just to touch a little bit also on on content, which again is the source of your ideas, the the personal part, the meaning part. Um, and I think there's a kind of a division interesting between documenting something or interpreting it. So, you know, which is more appealing? Do you want to show somebody what you see or 
illustrate something or or explain something very well visually, or are you okay with interpreting it yourself and allowing other people to interpret it? And I think that's probably a pretty clear personality issue. How what where you are at with that? Sure. If you're not comfortable with people interpreting your work in not that people don't interpret realism in different ways, but if you're not okay with people interpreting your abstraction in different ways, um, you have to deal with that if you're going to paint abstractly. You do. Yeah, um, and and you can do artist statements and stuff that kind of explain where you're coming from, but that that's never. I mean, people are always going to take the something from your work that you didn't necessarily intend right um you know it's a it, it, that's part of the the communication and and um you know what people are getting out of your work is something of themselves generally right. they're connecting to it through something in themselves and maybe you don't share that with them but you're still producing something that they can connect to in that mm-hmm. way yeah so i guess a question for yourself is to what extent do you want to try and control that or or not try to control. Yeah, and, and I mean, like my, my suggestion is just embrace, you know, yeah. whatever people bring out of your work, you know. That, it's sort of inevitable. Yeah, exactly. But I, I also, I just want to say that any of these things are not, they're not do's and don'ts. They're, they're just different ways of, of feeling about yeah, them and, and, and working. So some people may not be happy with their work unless there's a lot of control going on. And that's, recognize that, you know, recognize that in yourself and, and work with it. Um, in terms of where you get your ideas and things, it's kind of related, but, you know, where are your m- source of ideas? Is it more like memory, emotion, subjective things, or is it more like um, objective things that you've seen or experienced? And, and even visually, do you rely more on those objective sources like photographs? And that feels right to you, or does it feel right to you to put those aside and work from more intuitively? Sources? Yeah. yeah. Um, are you interested in in symbolism? And that's that's another interesting topic because you can work symbolically with objects and invest them with a lot of meaning and emotion. And sometimes I think of that as kind of a, a middle ground between pure abstraction or emotionally generated work and work that's more representational. So you're taking something maybe out of context and investing it with um, some type of meaning. Sure. Well, and symbols do speak to your subconscious and we have personal symbols and there are more universal symbols. So there are different directions you can go with that. Right. And, and you may, in thinking about your work, you may, you may come up with things that, that, Absolutely, are personal symbols, and you haven't quite realized it if you haven't worked symbolically. And and if you find that idea intriguing, I would suggest uh, trying it if you haven't. I think it's almost impossible not to embed your work with personal symbols. Yeah, and, and in a in a in a painting where there was no recognizable object, it could still be coming through in color or exactly. some other way. But specific symbols can be, you know, I, I think at least it's worth keeping a sketchbook of, of things, of things, objects that might hold that power for you. And even if you don't work with them literally at all, um, be aware of them. Cause that's kind of a door, like you said, to your subconscious. Um, and I think we, we, um, talk sometimes in the podcast about the importance of communicating with others. And I think, 
I think a question for yourself is how direct do you want to be with that communication or how are you okay with being more obscure? Are you okay with being quirky? Are you okay with being, you know, thought quite strange? And if you're not, you know, you will gravitate naturally towards more conventional ways of expressing yourself. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. So it's kind of your, your, where you feel most like yourself in, in your work. Um, and, you know, do you, do you want your work to be challenging? Do you want to make some people mad? Or do you want people to mostly feel comforted by your work or uh, in that in a quieter way engaged with it? So these are, you know, as I said, it all gets back also to that whole topic of personal voice. But thinking about these things in relation to the medium you're working in right now and the way you're working right now, do they fit? Which 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 of the answers to these questions fit to you, fit you more? And I'm sure there are more questions. They're just ones that came to me. And open up to the possibility of, of exploring a different medium. So do you have any kind of final thoughts or wrap up? Yeah, I think I think just that your art form should be related to who you are and there should be a clarity to that. And it may take some time to to come to that and to be open to to trying something different just because on some intuitive level it's pulling you. And you may have resisted it and thought, I should be doing this or this other thing or this is what I'm selling or this is whatever. And yet some part of you is is saying, yeah, but try a sculpture, you know, <laughs> and and listen to that because uh, it it may be your your true instrument. Yeah, I, I guess I would say um, I, I'd really encourage our listeners to uh, try something new, uh, try a different medium, try a different art form. Um, yeah, you it, don't even have to show it to anybody. Yeah. You can just do it on your own. <laughs> well, and it's we, you're, you can pick up the basics of almost anything pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in uh, we sometimes we'll refer to this as like the 80-20 rule. Um, but it's it's the idea that you can learn about 80% of something in about 20% of the time or about 80% of uh, the work gets done in about 20% of the time. There's there's always this kind of 80-20 shift between... And what's, what's the other 80 that's yeah, developing well, al- it? <laughs> almost, well, yeah, so like almost anything can be split into 80 and 20%. Ah. Um, it, it, like anything you think of can almost be done this way. And it applies to how we um, apply our, our efforts. So if you want to try something new, you can pick up about 80% of it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that becoming an expert at something takes a long time. That's the 80. Yeah, that's it, the 80 it, yeah. is, is getting that last 20%. But you can get that first 80 in about 20% of the time. So, <laughs> okay. I think I'm following this personally not having much of a math brain, but yes, it makes sense. But yeah. This, so ba- the idea basically is that when you're uh, deciding how to use your time, um, you can get a lot of things done pretty quickly, uh, but to get something 100% completed takes a lot of time. And there's a, there's a surfacey aspect to the exactly to the initial so, learning so of something. In order to find out where you really want to apply yourself to get that last 20%, go out and try a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. You know, go out, go out and learn a bunch of new skills. Try a bunch of different mediums. Try a bunch of different approaches, mm-hmm. and something will click for you, and you'll be and It'll, it'll, okay, this is what I'm going to do with the zone. (laughs) Yeah. This is what I'm going to, where I'm really going to apply myself is the, the thing that kind of hits all those notes that I talked about in the beginning, you know, where you have the natural talent for it. There's demand from other people. 
Um, you know, and it's it. Uh, there was a third one. <laughs> <laughs> I had all this in my head here. Um, you're you're good at it. You you like it. You like yeah. It. You like it. That, yeah, that's the most important thing, right? You like it. Yes, you like talent it. demand, and you like it. So, uh, but you know, the, the way you find out what fits all those all those requirements is you go out and try a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know. So. Okay. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. <laughs>